0: You are listening to John Gerica on SFM.
1: Uh, my first, guess, you, you want to hear about fascinating life stories. We get some of the best guests on this show. Brett Shuttleworth, retired professional rugby player. You, according to ESPN, Brett, you played two tests. Is that uh, are you there? Yeah, yeah, we got we got two tests. You played for Hong Kong, according to ESPN. Uh, against Hong Kong, actually, for, well, for the Eagles, I played for the USA. Actually. Oh right, okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so you played yeah, for. The, see, yeah, they've yeah. they've got it the completely the other way around. They've got you playing for Hong Kong against Fiji on October the fifth, nineteen
0: ninety six. Oh yeah, no, can you imagine? I, I actually played a little bit of rugby in Hong Kong with the Natal Sevens. I went to the Hong Kong 10s and I played in the uh, the sevens. Tournaments in Hong Kong okay. for like three years in a row while I was when I was still playing for Mattel.
1: Uh, okay, let's talk about let's let's introduce you as a rugby player. Seeing it's it's a it's a sports show, Brett. Give us give us your rugby background. Sure, sure.
0: Uh, I actually grew up in the, in I was born in Peter Marisburg, uh, but I, I schooled in Newcastle. I'm not sure are you familiar where
1: that is. Yeah, we, we <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's that little town on the way to nowhere.
0: Yeah, the the, the 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 rugby field was filled with gravel. So if you scored a try you had to go to hospital every time. so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I played uh, I played Coven Week in Standard, um, Standard Four and Five and then uh, in half school as well for Northern itself. And then I moved uh, then I got a, a bursary to uh, to the, to join the Peace Force and I, I played for um, Uh, I was in the Northern Transfold, the Bulls Under-20 squad, and then Natal Under-21, and then I got called up, and I was in the Natal Shark squad, and then uh, I moved to America, uh, made the USA side, and then I bust my arm in 27 pieces against Australia the game before the World Cup.
1: Sure. Were you on track for the Uh, World Cup?
0: uh, Yeah, I'd made made the squad, eh? Sure. Okay, so, so that was that was that was the end of my sporting career. That um, yeah, I was one of those guys at school that just got E for right because I was staring out the window, either watching myself. Uh, I was I was to play provincial cricket at school, but all I could imagine watching myself scoring a trial, hitting a six, or. <laughs>
1: and that so, but you're a good-looking guy, Brett. Cover model, you were a model for quite a while. You've got you became a successful actor. American Pie Two. You're credited as Abercrombie yes. and Fitch guy. Yeah, That's yes. all right. You well, you-
0: I, didn't, I wasn't aware that I was a good-looking actor in those <laughs> days. Yeah. In Newcastle, <clears throat> in Newcastle, you got cool dates if you played first-team rugby and all that type of stuff. So it wasn't really about the looks or anything. Until uh, I went to the States, and um, yeah, just by absolute luck, some guy... Um, uh, literally said hey you have what it takes to go all the way to the top and i was like wait the top of your room for pictures or what <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he said no i'm dead serious and uh, so uh, i took his uh, took his card and um shipped within the space of two years i was in the, one of the top uh, supermodels in the world and traveled the world worked in 28 different countries modeling and then uh, then I went to study drama because I thought, shit, if I could do this, maybe I could become Brad Pitt. And I moved to Hollywood, studied drama, did a few movies. Yeah, I played myself in American Part Two. I was Paul Reed's boyfriend. Uh, it was actually quite an f- absolute fluke, right? Because rugby was everything to right. me. Uh, it, was, it was everything.
1: Were you doing rugby and the modeling at the same time or had that rugby finished already?
0: No, I'd broken my arm and I'd actually gone to support the side um, in L.A., and, you know, afterwards, you know, the guys uh, go for a couple of beers after the game, and mm. that's when I got discovered wow. uh, in, the, in, in the bar in L.A., um, celebrating with the guys, uh, a club victory. When
1: when you broke your arm, were you still thought you had a career in rugby at some point?
0: Yeah, I was actually moving to Europe. I was in negotiation with a couple of the European club sides um so I had a really cool contract lined up for me. And uh, so I was going to play in Europe and then play for the USA side as well. I just qualified and got my green card. And, uh, yeah, so when I snapped my arm, it was, it was, uh, I just knew. I actually tried to make a comeback after that. But they had to take my hip bone and rebuild my forearm. It was so, so badly smashed up. I still had four metal plates and 16 nuts and bolts in my, in my arm.
1: How did you hurt your arm so badly in a rugby match?
0: John, I was actually in injury time, having the game of my life. I was actually playing fullback. I'm normally selected on centre, and I was playing fullback, and I took an outside gap. And uh, in America, funny enough, <clears throat> I had been... I was playing from the tail B when I got scouted straight off the... was playing into Halcott Miller, actually. Uh, you, you remember Halcott? Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah, he... he one of the meanest tacklers in South <laughs> Africa. And anyway, um, and I was still a kid, man. I was like 21, and he was coming back from injury, He's a book at that stage. So I just, uh, I was in bloom, and they approached me and said, "Listener, we're looking for guys. who have got four years to qualify for the World Cup. And um, uh, are you keen to are you keen to go to America and qualify for the World Cup?" And uh, I said, "Absolutely, right." So I sold my underpants to my car, everything and I took up the offer, and um, and off I went, and that's how, that's how I ended up in, 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 um, in the States, playing rugby. But sorry, uh, uh, what was your question? How
1: you broke your arm so badly?
0: Yes, so I was playing, the, I was playing, <clears throat> so I qualified for the, the, the US side, and then in injury time, the last game, I was having like one of the best games in my life, I took an outside gap, and the, the rugby guys there, the club side's, forwards and backs were bigger than the Natal side. These guys were ex-NFL, ex-NBA players, just massive, massive freaks of nature. And I took an outside gap and the guy pulled me in my collar and I fell down keeping ball position and my own uh, uh, loose forwards uh, literally mauled right over me to keep ball position Mm -hmm. and they literally snapped my arm and and, and, that's when my arm got snapped. I was trying to keep ball position, and yeah. then they cleared the, cleared the ruck, and uh, unfortunately, my arm was in the way.
1: Team player to the end, as it were, <laughs> trying to keep that ball position.
0: <laughs> exactly. Even when it attacked, still kept it, I must say. My okay. arm was dangling next to me. So
1: you were discovered as a supermodel. You were an actor. How did, how did that turn to what must be the hardest time of your life, homeless on the streets?
0: Yeah, so obviously lost and um, not knowing my purpose for life. I sacrificed so much, uh, not partying and training so hard and then getting my boyhood dream absolutely Mm. taken away from me. Um, I I really went and searched for for bigger purpose in life. And and obviously then I, I became a model and all of that, but it was an unauthentic life I was living. I mean, I wasn't a guy... I didn't enjoy makeup and and you know walking down the ramp and uh, e- even the acting. I battled to even memorize my lines. It was very difficult. They'd give me four pages and I had to memorize what he said, what she said, and then what I said. Then have then you know have mannerisms. I ended up being very good at both modeling and acting, but it just wasn't something I was doing it all for the wrong reasons. Mm. And I could feel it. Right, I was getting patted on the back, acknowledged, you know, on the cover of all these magazines and just and and just it was. I was wearing a, a sort of conditioned suit, if you will, that, and I, I was living an unauthentic life. And uh, so I slipped off uh, in life a little bit, um, drag sex, and rock and roll, and uh, I carried on being successful, and one day I just woke up and I said, I can't carry on like this anymore. I need to find my purpose in life. I need to find uh, not only my vocation in life, what I want to do, but w- what is our purpose as human beings in this life, and so I, uh, yeah, I, was, I was homeless for about eight months, searching, uh, going, going into libraries, studying books, spiritual books, uh, studying different religions. I then walked away from everything and went and churned. I ended up in India, in ashrams, searching for purpose. And, um, and the answers that I was looking for in life I literally turned my mess into my message. So today I'm doing the complete opposite to to rugby, <laughs> modeling, acting, and all that type of stuff. I host retreats now. I teach consciousness. I host retreats around the world in, in, in four different countries. I'm actually in South Africa now, about to host two. And... Uh, um, and so I've got a company. I do a whole lot of online okay. motivational, right, spiritual Brett, products and I've, all that stuff. I've got a
1: whole lot of questions before we get there. Brett Shuttleworth, retired professional rugby player. As you heard, uh, he's a, he was a model and an actor as well, and now doing some amazing things as well. Stay close. We've got plenty more questions.
0: Across South Africa, online and on radio. SFM let's talk
1: Brett Shuttleworth I want to know about the inspirational sidewalk quotes that you used to do
0: Yeah yeah So uh so at this stage um I actually I had a I had a lost in Manhattan I was living in New York and um Uh, 95% of the day, I was doing things that I wasn't really enjoying. In other words, modeling and that. But early in the morning, I used to wake up really early and I used to take chalk and write motivational quotes um, all over Manhattan. And I used to, early in the morning, go on the other side of the road with a little camcorder and I used to film people like grumpy New Yorkers going to work with their suit and walk walk down the road, walk over the quote, walk back over it, read it again and get a skip in their steps and smile and carry on walking. And I started realizing that I was actually enjoying that more than anything else that I was doing, making a difference in somebody's life by just writing these, these little quotes on the ground. I've always been like a leader and a motivator per se, like I was captain at school with my rugby teams and all that type of stuff. I'd always been drawn to making a difference in someone's life. But I started realizing that I was my, my soul was smiling for the first time in my life By making a difference in somebody else's life, not not being about Brit, you know what cover magazine he's on, what money he's earning, all this type Mm -hmm. of stuff. So the quote was like a a, a light, it was an opening. And I loved it so much that I carried on doing it uh, constantly. I, I just, I was just really drawn to that type of inspiration and inspiring people.
1: I mean, when I when I think about being a model and being in Hollywood and maybe making quite a good amount of money, and yet you say you yeah. weren't happy, it it, yeah, it it goes against everything that I guess a millennial would look at today. I want to be famous. I want to make exactly. lots of money. How did you? Exactly. Did you did you never enjoy that, or was there a time when like this is I've I've, I've reached, I'm I'm. I'm the greatest guy in the world.
0: Oh, no, I did. Eh? And that was the downfall, right? Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I did. Um, uh, you know, at first, but once again, it was for acknowledgement. I wanted to find purpose. I wanted to be acknowledged. I wanted mm. people to love me. It was all for the wrong reasons once again. Um, and, uh, and you said the young millennials were thinking, shit, that's a great thing. Becoming a supermodel from South Africa, a Hollywood actor, making big bucks, having beautiful women all yeah. over the place, and all these type of things. But, uh, you know, after a while, it's like, you know, when you get your new car, before you know <laughs> it, uh, you know, you're looking at the neighbor's car, getting things <laughs> and shit, I'd like that model. And so it's always, a sh- it's always like a short-term gratification versus a long-term satisfaction. And I picked this up in my tracks, I saw what was happening. And I said, I, I need to be authentic here. I can't be doing things for the wrong reasons in life. I'm literally doing it, as I said, to try and be acknowledged, and and, and all, and all doing it all for the wrong reasons. Uh,
1: Brett, I just have to warn you: on public radio, so we can't say the S word. Uh, anymore, if you don't mind. Oh, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> That's me, all right. Uh, okay, I want uh, let let's now talk about. So, so you do these sidewalk quotes. You started to inspire people. You travelled the world. Uh, when when you say you were absorbing different religions, different spirituality. Uh, if if I talk to Brett Shuttleworth or go to one of his events today, is it a very sort of shuow spiritual thing? No, not at all.
0: Not at all. The the most beautiful. Essences is, is one of my things is if you want to be enlightened, um, it's really is silence. It's keep quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so what our teachers got nothing to do with it's religion at all. It's, it's really a consciousness shift. It's, it's a different way of looking at life. Um, it's really detaching from your condition, detaching from the relentless thoughts in your head that are, you know, making wrong, making assumptions, even even yourself. And it's uh, it's so relieving when. And this is one of the cures for me too, you know. I, I started observing this desire or need or these thoughts to look good, to fit in, to say the right thing. You know? And, I, and I, I started observing this, and this is what consciousness is, is when you start observing this conditioning. You see, by the time we're six years old, we're already 50% of who we are today. Mm-hmm. By the time we're 12, we're already 80% of who we are today. I'm talking about if your mom had a bad relationship to money, then... In, you know, money doesn't go and choose bread or... We, we get so conditioned um, that we're we, we literally uh, are living into that conditioning and we end up doing things... Our dad was a lawyer, so we go and study law, but mm-hmm. we actually want to play in a rock band. It, it's so... The conditioning is so uh, intensely ingrained into us that before we know it, we, we realize that we, we're not living this authentic life. Even though I'm making money, even though I'm doing this, I'm still... There's something missing. And what I teach is, is really about discovering who you are. And who you are and everything that you're looking for is already inside of you. It's so beautiful when, for the first time in your life, you actually introduce yourself or you meet your true self versus just these thoughts and feelings.
1: I, I'm, just thinking, I'm just having a look at your Facebook page now. Your last updates were a couple of days ago. You say, mm-hmm. not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. You wanted to be this professional rugby player, make a career out of that, and look where you are today. I, what mm. If I was to ask you today, would you rather be a professional rugby player, maybe playing for the Springboks, or where you are today, which one would you rather do? Uh,
0: exactly where I am right now. Really? In this conversation with you about making a difference in other people's lives. <laughs> as much as I would love to be a, a Springbok, that's always, that's always, if I come back in my other life, I'd love to that. It's always been a boyhood junior month. Yeah. Uh, but I must tell you the peace and satisfaction I have now without needing to do anything is just overwhelmingly the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced in my life.
1: And go through all those hardships again? The the, the fights, the the breaking the arm, the being no, in Manhattan? I wouldn't
0: change it. I wouldn't change it sure. for anything. <laughs> what? Um, it, 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 there, it's those things that really um, make you who you are.
1: Mm. What makes you wake up in the morning, Brett Shuttleworth?
0: To make a difference in this world. I see so much suffering because I was suffering. I was suffering so much, and I thought if I could make, if I could get over the suffering and I could just change all the suffering that I see around me, I would really, you know, I'm a product of who, who we are. I mean, we, you know, we have this divine love that's infinite. If I could just be an extension of that and make a difference in people's lives, and not making it about me. Well, I, I, it, it truly makes
1: my soul smile. Mm, mm.
0: It's um, yeah, it's something. It's so rewarding and so
1: beautiful. Tell us about the Smiling Soul Creations. What is that? Yeah, sure.
0: So that's my company. Um, as I said, we host our host Smiling Soul retreats in Croatia. Um, a few in Croatia, a few in India, a few in Bali, and a few in South Africa every mm-hmm. year. So almost every month. Obviously with COVID now, we've had to change way, the way of doing things. But it, literally, it would be every month I'd be in a different country hosting ten-day retreats. Uh, literally um, transforming people's lives. People that are suffering. People that are that are that are that might have lost somebody, or they or, or they're in the same journey as me, right? They've, they've done everything that they thought they could do and, and still there is something missing. Mm. Or they're crossroads with life. What is life's purpose? And so these retreats are are, are are developed so that you have fun, so that you travel, so that you experience the world. You know, if you're not having fun doing things, then, then what's the point as well? There's no point in going and stare at a rose in the cave and hoping for the best, you know. Um, so I'd like to, our retreats are about adventure and self-development at the same time. So that's one department. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a beautiful uh, podcast as well that's starting now, the Brett Shuckleway Show, which is also about self-development and, and beautiful things like that. And then, of course, I do uh, a lot of motivational talks, one-on-one uh, coaching and um I do a lot of online products. So I sell a lot of uh, a lot of online training. Mm.
1: Uh, has your life changed in the last nine months since this whole COVID thing?
0: It has. Um, our business has changed. My life hasn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: my search parties are in in terms of my life. I'm not searching for any answers or anything. Right. I'm just seeing how I can improve myself in terms of an optimal mind, body, and soul. So what has changed with COVID is that... Uh, I uh, we've developed, my, me and my team have a beautiful team of eight. We've developed a new way of doing business. When I say a new way, of, a new way of us doing business. So we created a whole lot of uh, online products while we couldn't travel, while we couldn't do mm. retreats. i just got back. I was actually stranded in Bali. I was stuck in <laughs> oh, Bali <no. laughs> during COVID. Yeah, so no, no complaints, by the way. Um, <laughs> But what a beautiful thing is we learned how to adapt. And now we never used to do these online products. And, you know, we, we actually didn't lose any turnover, but we just worked harder and developed these products. Now that COVID, well, hopefully it's coming out of, out of, uh, out of this uh, intense um, restrictions. And next year, the rich, well, now we start our retreat and we have the online products. So we've almost like doubled our business because of Corona, which has mm. been a big blessing. But once again, if you're about God's business, God by his very nature is for you, so who can be against you? See, So the work that I do is for the benefit of the whole not me. And when you're doing things like that, the universe starts bending providence in your favor. It's an incredible way to live.
1: you just say that again. It's the benefit of not me.
0: If, you, if you're in action for the benefit of the whole, in other words, the whole as in other people, yeah. not just you, this I, this individual bread. Mm-hmm. That's when love really starts working sure. with you, because uh, uh, we, we truly are. In the work that I've done in consciousness, I get that we are all one. We are all connected, um, and uh, you know, giving is receiving itself. Um, and uh, as, as I shared with you,
1: Brett Shuttlebit, yeah. thanks very much. Do you still play touch rugby or something every now and again?
0: Uh, I do my best, but. Uh, <laughs> Very,
1: very slow. <laughs> I pull my hammies too often. Oh, today. no. <laughs> Brett Shuttleworth, thank you very much. Retired professional rugby player, as you heard now, uh, the Smiling Souls Creation, founder of that at Host Retreats Worldwide. You can go find him on Instagram at Brett Shuttleworth. That's two T's in Brett. Brett Shuttleworth, he's also on Facebook. Brett Shuttleworth.